that's a growler. Welcome back, everybody, to the Neverending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and mathematize the movie, The Neverending Story. I'm Thomas Howitt. I think we're going to have one of the same notes again today. I'm Tierney Steele, and she's back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome oh. back, Kathleen. Oh, hey. Oh, me? Oh, hello. Yeah, you. <laughs> hey, everybody. You are back today, right? I didn't misread my notes. <laughs> physically mentally obviously not so we had to pull her here by her ear to get her in but uh, she's back <laughs> oh man no totally here with bells on so hey folks Woo. kathleen here nice to see you again <laughs> awesome. welcome back uh today we're going to talk about minute 46 of the never ending story which starts with falcor making me vaguely uncomfortable while atreus continues to scratch his ear and it ends with falcor advising atreus never give up it's Wise a good, words. It's a good minute. And I, my thing is, I was totally down with how much Falcor was enjoying having that spot scratched. I know on dogs, like, oh, man, there's a spot you just can't reach. And then you finally get it. It's like, yes, this is great. But the that's so good was just too much for me. And yeah. the, the eye rolling... Yeah. Like rolling into the back of his head. Yeah, although, maybe to be they, fair, a do- I've seen dogs do that. They're like, yes, this is yeah, the greatest maybe moment. Maybe they did a little back kick, but I think the puppeteers would have had a bit uh, too hard of a time doing that. But, How uh, awesome would that have been to see this? He was like, like doing the... Yeah, that would have been fun. But I'm honestly worried about Falcor a little bit. I think he needs some like cortisone cream or something. It looks dry where they are. Maybe he's just got like dry skin. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if... Like at, at one point in time, he was all fur, and now he's got no! a little sc- a scaly. Oh, no! He's got some scaly stuff going on. Oh my god, he has eczema. Oh That's, my gosh. He, just for baby. luck, dragons, eczema just happens to look pretty as well. Yeah, he needs to be in a, a more humid oh. climate like Louisiana. He could totally come live here with me. He should have spent more time in the swamps of sadness. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that mud would be good for moisturizing, though. You know how they do, like, the mud know. face packs and stuff? I don't yeah. think that mud would have worked. You don't think... I mean, there, you know, there is a downside. Like, well, maybe it would make you beautiful, but it would make you really sad and depressed at the same time. That's yeah. like would be, like, one of the little uh, labels on the back. Like, <laughs> right. may make may your cause. skin oh, no. super moist, but will cause depression and make you want to kill yourself. So... <laughs> So maybe don't use that. <laughs> yeah. Do not bathe in this mud. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but all Aww. for the sake of beauty, right? So. <laughs> some women are known to do some crazy things for beauty, but. Ah, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Now I'm just thinking of uh, my parents' neighbors have a pit bull named Pinky. And I was like, why is she named Pinky? <laughs> She's like, gray. What is going on here? She had some skin awfulness, and she was actually pink when they first... She, they weren't able to bring her home right away. They had to wait for, like, the vet to clear her, basically. And so she's been pinky ever since, even though she's no longer in any way. I love it when oh. tough-looking people or animals or anything have mm-hmm. the silliest, like... <sighs> fluffiest like cuddliest names like pinky or mr bojangles or like (laughs) mr sprinkles or something like that i'm sorry i'm just envisioning this pit bull named pinky 
She's so great. She's one of those where she gets so excited that she doesn't just wag her tail like her whole like rear Wiggle. half wiggles. Uh, she's a wiggler. A little yep. wiggle worm. Oh my goodness, it's so cute. She said wiggle worm when we have Falcor on the screen. I know. He's almost a literal worm. He is. He's so cute. Oh, he's so long and he's he he just wiggle. He wiggles when he flies. He kind of does yes. that like kind of that wiggle type thing, but um. I don't know. Falcor in this scene, he's a very exact kind of guy, it seems like, because uh, Atreyu wakes up, you know, we're there, finished scratching his ear, probably because he has eczema, and he's <laughs> like, oh, I'm looking for the Southern Oracle, which Falcor already knows because the creepy, he was listening <laughs> to Atreyu in his sleep, like, what, WTF, um, hello. I was that's listening. Just, <laughs> I mean, have you ever been with a friend or, I don't know, someone, and they, like, I don't know. Watching someone sleep or listening to them, like, that's just, like, not cool. That's not cool at all. I don't think we'll ever get over that. We're going to talk about that for the next couple of minutes, I yeah, think. Yeah, that was kind of the craziest part of uh, paranormal for me, or paranormal activity. That scene where she just stands there beside the bed staring at him. Uh, <laughs> no, nope, nope. I was, I was a summer camp counselor, and, oh, I don't know if she knows this. Oh, she probably has figured it out by now. One of my campers slept walk and I woke up one night and she was standing over me and no. I literally just like screamed. No. no. Oh my God. It was I... so not okay. She was a no. very lovely person, but that freaked me out. That's crazy. That is oh, crazy. Did you like throw worst. something at her? Because my immediate <laughs> thing would be to like grab a shoe. Hopefully I put a, hopefully a frying pan. I don't know how that would get near my bed, but it would just, I would have been sued and like oh let go God. from my bed. That well, was terrifying. There was one night where she kept like getting up and turning on like the overhead cabin light oh, in her yeah. sleep. Oh, and so yeah, I remember yeah. being over that and I had my hand over the switch so she couldn't move it. And I, I just kept oh. saying like very quietly, but like firmly, like go back to bed, go back to bed, go back to bed. I kind of like turned her so she was facing towards her bed and she climbed back in and was fine oh. and then so normally it was like no big deal like i had kind of known like oh keep an eye out for this that's fine we just made sure like she's not mm -mm. she was sleeping so she wasn't near the door so we didn't have to worry about it but yeah that night when i woke up and she was standing over i was just like no and no, i literally no. just like screamed in her face oh <laughs> like, nobody got no, time for that nobody there got was time no for that. holding back there was no oh, like gentle but firmness there was just like oh my god <laughs> Well, anyway, so <laughs> yeah, sorry. So I'm not traumatized. No, 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 no. So creepily, Falcor is like, "Yeah, I know why you're here because of the Southern Oracle, right?" And Atreus like, "What? What? What?" Like, <laughs> like her, you know. And uh, he was like, "Well, how did I get here?" You know. And Falcor's like, "With luck and that <gasps> winking. This should be the never-ending winking story." Oh. I just feel like. There's a lot of winking going on. It's one of his, like, someone must have told him that was cool at one point or that looked good, and so now he always does it. Well, you know it's the 25 puppeteers on the inside. <laughs> Be like, no Look, one, we're doing this. No one can see them, but one puppeteer's going to be like, yeah, you know when he winks? That was me. And puts it on resume. Do you think the inside they were winking when they did this? Probably. Just because they're oh, thinking about, man. they're imagining in their head what they're causing to happen, and they're all winking as well. I don't know who has access to this, but I want to hear stories. Of, from, <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to hear stories from the puppeteers on what was going on in there. And I, I guarantee you there's one woman, one guy where that was their major role was making him wink. That was their big thing. Yeah. So. 
had to have been. This um, is one of the few minutes where I'm kind of distracted. When Atreya, like, crouches down and they're talking, this is one of the few minutes where I'm like, all I can think is, that's a giant puppet head, that's a giant puppet head, that's a giant mm-hmm. puppet head. Like, it's not, it's not subtle. I mean, not that a lot of the puppetry... It, this is not a subtle movie, actually, is what I should say. No! But it's, it's usually not. integrated, and it's all part of the fantasy, and it's fine. And this yeah. is one of the few where I'm just like, wow, that, like, body in the background and this head are just doing totally, you know, like... It, right. They don't even look connected, really. Well, Peterson had something to say to that, because you can go back. It's like one of those moments, Tierney, I think we talked about this Wonder Woman with, you know, our amazing experience now in this day and age with all the technology we have. Mm-hmm. We can look back and see all the knee-jerky imperfections that was, like, claymation or the puppeteering <laughs> or anything, but... I feel like there's still an artistry to it. I, even though it's imperfect, oh, it's imperfect in a, like, I don't know. I love the imperfections that is the puppetry. It's just very <laughs> human level. It's artistic. And I feel like having those puppets really help the kid actors, too, like, yeah. interact with their acting. So they're not looking at, like, a bunch of balls. Wait, that's not <laughs> bad. Never mind. They're yeah. not looking at anything. I don't know. Yeah. You know you know how in CGI they have little golf balls or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah that's, that's or the tennis ball on a stick to that's follow. What I, meant. <laughs> I don't want to break your heart here, Tierney, and I know I do that way too often, <laughs> but this head isn't connected to that body. I, I had already accepted okay. it. That, <laughs> because that I had reached that conclusion on my that own. Head, <laughs> that head actually had to be, I mean, there's so many levels to it. It had to be light enough for them to pick up and move around. But it had to be, you know, solid enough that all these animatronics yeah. that they have in there for the motions and stuff had to be there too. So it yeah. was probably a pretty hefty head and they probably had oh, somebody yeah. fairly strong moving it around. Oh yeah. You know, you had like the one like tall, strong guy that was like, all right, Joe, come on. We got to lift this Falcor head up. <laughs> tilt to the left. Tilt to the left. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I didn't even realize that, that it was disconnected. I mean, I, I, whatever works, I guess. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, Falcor, he's very precise. So Atreus like, Oh my God, we're here. Zoinks, you know, what's going on? <laughs> and he's like, how did you, we've already come the 10,000 miles or whatever. And Falcor's like, no, we've come actually. Like I could see if he had like the hipster glasses on and <laughs> oh, he's like, actually. He's like, well, actually, if we're being precise, <laughs> we've come 9,891 miles to the Southern Oracle. It's just around the corner. As so. the dragon flies. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. Because he says the Southern Oracle is just around the corner. And I did math to make sure that I was not <laughs> One, like a hundred. And 109 nine. miles still to go. <laughs> well, for a dragon, that's probably not a big deal. So he's thinking from his perspective and not Atreus' perspective, which is selfish and mean. <laughs> okay, he's got he's got the ability to fly. Atreus has to walk. This is going to come up later too. Like that's got to be one heck of a, of a telescope oh. that that guy's got. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's going to come up. I, as a kid, definitely thought the math worked out, so it was, like, nine miles to go, or a mile to go. Like, I was not doing this math as a three-year-old, and when I watched it for this, for today, I was just like, hey, wait a second, 800-something, and like I said, I I mean, obviously I did it in my head, but I double-checked it on a calculator (laughs) just to make 100% certain before I said something in the internet that I was doing simple math correctly. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, WTF? 
why would you only bring them like that far when it's literally right there to you? But there is a reason I think coming up yeah. in the next minute that he's there. But at the same time, I kind of felt like did, did was this really necessary? I don't know, but he well, did have to heal, so there's that. Yeah, yeah. there's that. I I think he brought him to this spot on purpose and for exactly what we're going to talk about tomorrow. But I also think I, I think it's the oh, it's just around the corner. Ha ha! Look at me getting you almost all the way, and it's yeah. just like. It's you like, could don't you don't need to like make a big deal of that, really. No, it's you like, can just say we're almost there and be done. <laughs> this is the one part where Falcor annoys me. Now as an adult, I've got my adult <laughs> like cynical lens going through, and I'm like, you freaking jerk! Like, <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, do you have? To, I don't know. It's just it was just a very weird. Now that I'm looking, I feel like Falcor's being ruined for me a little bit because he's got oh, the. No! no, I know y'all, I know, but like Thomas and Tyranny, you brought up the creepy factor, <laughs> and then now he's we being a pretentious, like only going to take you so far. But you know what? He did bring him to get healed. His he woke up. Yeah, he didn't have the mud, the swamp of sadness mud on him anymore with the tons of bacteria. He's been healed. He may have a medicine bag given to him that wasn't his before, like a little survival med kit that we hypothesized in the last episode. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely good that they stopped here. Well, and one thing I just thought of, does Falcor think he's going to take him the rest of the way? Probably. Does he assume that he's like, oh, yeah, like we're just we were just waiting for you to wake up and get better. And now we'll go the rest of the way. Maybe. Falgor doesn't realize he's also in for some medicine in future. Oh, future yeah. episodes. So oh, yeah. Maybe that's why, like, he didn't realize what a jerk move it came off of because he was assuming, like, oh, yeah, it's just around the corner for me. I'll take you there. No yeah. big deal. And we just were missing the part where he realizes, like, Oh, oh, sorry. Like, if I had realized, I would have put you down a lot closer, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's a communication issue because it was an emergency rescue type thing. Had they (laughs) had time to really sit down and strategically plan this out, I think that our sentiments would be, you know, different. But, you know, stuff happens when you're in an emergency. So he's healed. Atreyu's healed. He looks good. He's got different lighting on him. He's got a nice blue lighting, so that's that's good. I don't know. Overall, I think this is a this is a good stop for him. So. <laughs> what about the great dad joke that he slips in there? The whole you know eight nine hundred nine thousand eight hundred ninety one oh, yeah. miles as the dragon flies. <laughs> Get it, dragonfly? Oh my god! Oh no! I just no. thought he replaced crow with I dragon. I didn't even think about that. I just thought he's a dragon and he flies, like kind of as the like the bird flies or something yeah. like that. <laughs> oh man, Thomas, you're good. You're I know. Good. I do what I can. <laughs> I mean, when you have a kid, like when you're a dad, is there some like hormone that just awakens like dad jokes? <laughs> or do they pull you aside at the hospital, like after the training. delivery, and be like, you, yeah, "Here's the book of dad jokes. Enjoy oh, the rest of your life." <laughs> oh my yes. goodness, there has to be like Thomas. You have to do a YouTube video, like a how-to, <laughs> so that I don't know what oh it is. God. Like every dad, every especially mine. <laughs> Oh, man. 
I could do a whole podcast on my dad's jokes. Oh, They're pretty God. terribly awesome. But yes, thank you for pointing that out. That was wonderful. <laughs> One of my dad's biggest sadnesses was when they took out the toll booth so that he no longer could talk to the toll booth operator. So like every time we drove up to Maine, be like, how far to the George Washington Bridge? And the guy would like panic. He'd be like, ha, ha, ha. I'm just kidding. I know I'm in Maine. And it was just like, I hate you so much. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but you know, when like they're doing their dad joke thing, and you just have to stand there quietly and be like, I'm oh, so sorry. It's Especially so in front of other people. <gasps> okay. I'm going to do one story about my dad and one of his jokes. And my sister and I almost were crying. Okay. A lot of my stories take place at Disney World because we're a crazy Disney family and we went like four or five times a year. I'm not kidding you because of like conferences and stuff. But we're at the beach club. We're at that buffet over there, that clam bake buffet. I forget the name of it. And some Disney nerd is going to be like, well, actually, it's, the, <laughs> it's, the, uh, the, the, it's the, just uh, around the corner. It's just it's only 9,891 miles. <laughs> anyway, so we're at this thing and I have it in my clam chowder because I like my clam chowder. And we're sitting, and then all of a sudden, we see, this is 1995, 94, okay? We see Jason Alexander walk in, okay? Okay, this is like the peak time of Seinfeld, all right? So we're all freaking out, and uh, he's with his son, and they sit down like a stone's throw from us. And my dad is like, I really want to go over and get his autograph and talk to him. We're like, oh my god, dad, no. He's like, what? I want to talk to him, maybe tell him a joke or something. We're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, no, like, please. Like, we're, like, on the verge of tears. And he does it anyway because he's stubborn, and he's my dad, and I love him. That's where I get it from. But he walks over. We don't hear anything, and we just see the reaction from Jason Alexander. And Jason Alexander does this, like, motioning away type thing with his hand. And my dad is, like, looks at us, and he shrugs and walks back over. And I'm like, Dad, oh, my God. What did you do? And he's like, well, I introduced myself. I was polite. And, you know, um, I asked how he was doing, if I could get an autograph. And then I asked, has Dunstan checked in yet? Because that's when the movie Dunstan oh, checks in. Oh, no. Was... <laughs> exactly. You're even groaning, Thomas. <laughs> this is like a level 40 dad joke. This is a level 40, like, you've got to get there. I don't know. You've got a long way to go. But don't ever do So that's my one story about my dad. He'll never hear this, hopefully. So, but anyway, I just was dying. I was dying on the inside. Maybe yeah, that was awesome. that pivotal moment I lost hope, kind of like a Treyu, <laughs> after the swamp of sadness. Anyway, all right. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. Jason Alexander could be listening to this for all we know. Oh. It's just like, oh my god, I remember that guy. Like, That's who it was. And you know what? You know what Unsubscribe. To, you know what I have to say to Mr. Alexander? Like, look, Mr. Jason, let me let me get with you, okay? My dad is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, and you're famous and stuff. The least you could have do is fake chuckled and just, like, <laughs> I don't know. You could have done that. But, no, he was just being very rude and, and terrible. So, But, yeah, that's our one famous person story. That's all I got. <laughs> awesome. Got your mileage out of it. Oh, man. Totally. I have one note left for this minute. It's very crucial to our understanding of the entire movie. No. Um, Noah Hathaway's hair is longer, I think. When you <laughs> see him from the back, it's down over his shoulders. And it definitely did not seem that long when he was flipping it, L'Orealing it around in the ivory tower. 
Well, we don't know how long it took him to fl- make that flight. That's true. Think this works for continuity? I think I it mean, could. I uh, the whole... In-universe hair growth. <laughs> yeah, Fantasia is, you know, the spans of all human hope and dreams. And uh, that's a lot of people. Okay, that's a lot of people's, like, hopes and dreams. I mean, it was the early 80s. It wasn't the 90s yet. So, I mean, I think people were still pretty hopeful. So you don't know how big Fantasia is, you know? Thomas, I'm surprised you haven't complained about uh, distance in Fantasia yet. (sighs) I think it's off my heart now. I've done enough. Okay. (laughs) In the book or later in the movie? It's in the book. It's in the book. um, There is no such thing as distance in Fantasia. Mm. Um, And so every time there is a distance question, Thomas sighs. It hurts a little bit because in the book, it basically says things are only as far as you need them to be. And if you think on that thing, then that's like the next thing you'll come to. So that's another faux pas by Falcor again when he's talking about precise mileage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Falcor, get on it, dude. Like you are just. Oh, man. Did he make that up? Did it take him, like, two seconds to get here? And, the you know, it's just been the time of Atreyu healing. Oh, man. In Atreyu's sleep dreams, he was talking about 10,000 miles, so he just popped up with a number that was close to that. And that's why it's still 109 to go. Maybe he meant, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. New theory. He meant to say 9,981. Yeah. And he messed up the order of the numbers and was like, just keep going, just keep going. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I hope it's uh, that. I like that. I like to think Falcor is better than that. So, I don't know. So, speaking yeah. of Falcor numbers, my last note for this minute is Falcor is 43 feet long. Oh, that's really? a long dragon. Yes. Like wow. the real life Falcor, the one that you can go ride and the one uh, that was used oh, here. I 43 feet. It. I'm telling you, bucket list. I'm putting it on my bucket list. I will tell you that I looked up information on this, and for a while there, Falcor was not looking so pretty. He deteriorated badly in storage. And and they did recently, um, I don't remember what year it was, but they did recently um, refurb him and, and give him... New teeth and stuff that weren't made of clay anymore. They were like, you know, uh, plastic or something so that they would last a little bit longer. That does seem for the best. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's really sad to hear. And he probably has like some rare type of black mold on him. And there's like a chance to like, I don't know. Because if you're in storage, you've got all that Mm -hmm. fur and everything. That can't, uh, you have to like completely redo the whole thing to get that stuff off. Oh, oh, oh God. Um. What movie was it? Was it Labyrinth? Um, someone found a puppet had been lost in oh, like a yes, backslide. I just saw and that. It was, oh, I had to scroll. I couldn't look at it. It was so gross. The puppet for Hoggle. Oh. The main side character that goes along with her. Yeah, yeah. All the skin had like eaten away. It's not. It's and not okay. And it was okay. just the animatronics and the eyes oh. and oh, the no, mouth. My, oh, yeah. Oh, man. I had a friend who defaced like, what is it, a Teddy Ruxpin? And like. <laughs> yeah. It was the most terrifying thing ever. It's just, oh. And you have to understand, um, we're all kids of the 80s. We grew up with Terminator. Like, these things are not okay. (laughs) Yeah. 
And oh. I just the notes that I kind of I just try to take little things away from a movie to kind of like I guess a life advice. And I feel like there's a lot of life like child development advice being thrown at kids in this movie. I don't know. Oh yeah. But it's just like apparently having a good luck dragon is the only way to go on a quest or travel. So next time I travel, I mentioned this in the last episode. Kyle Crane, my husband. Yes, I'm talking to you. You need to get me one of those stuffed good luck dragons <laughs> from eBay. But I mean, if they're like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, like then don't because that's a waste of money. But I was—I wonder if that's our next million-dollar idea, Falcor Airlines. Oh my god, I love it! Like you could paint it to look like nice. Falcor. It's yeah. you know, you could do as the dragon flies. You could do the oh. the whole. Um, you anything's possible with luck. Oh my god, I love it. Oh, oh, well, Thomas, you need to get a bunch of money. And yeah, that's going to take a little that. bit more money than the stuff. And then Tyrion <laughs> and I get to ride for, on it for free, right? right we get, like, I'm, I'm starting yeah. Patreon just for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the one thing, the last thing I want to say is it killed me that one of the best lines in the movie was split up. So, yeah. like, things will work out fine, Atreyu. You never give up. Dot dot dot, and I know we're gonna finish it the next minute. <laughs> yep. But that just like, oh, it killed I me. I had forgotten that it was split, and then so I was watching the minute. I was like, wait, wait, yeah. And then I watched the next one. And I was like, "Oh, right, yeah, that's yeah. the rest of the sentence." Oh my god, Tierney, I did the same thing. I had to rewind and go back, and I was like, "Are we missing something?" I know this is where it comes. This is where the line comes. This is yeah. where the most of yeah. So well, say the line, do the thing, do the thing. <laughs> yeah. At least it wasn't over a weekend. It could have. It could have been worse. Yeah, so I had to rewatch the whole movie just to get the joy out of that one line. I'm not kidding. I was like writing notes and watching the movie over again, and I was like, "Oh, here it comes here." Yes, it was like victory. It was great. Kind of like when you hear the name of a movie in the movie. Oh my gosh! Oh my husband, my husband, I do that all the time. Anytime there's like the name of a movie, we're like, "Oh, oh, there it is!" Like it's very exciting. I know I have no life, but it's very exciting. Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, sorry. They they recently. Well, it won't be recently by the time this airs. But they said "Return to Oz" in "Return to Oz," and I like you can hear me flipping out on air. <laughs> Luckily, we get a lot in the beginning. We of this. have a lot because of the bug, so that yeah. feels a little like cheating. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I don't have anything else for this minute. Do you guys have anything? We hit my notes for this minute. No, that's all my notes. I, I just can't wait for the next episode to hear the rest of that line. So. <laughs> yes, we awesome. have a really good make sure to come back tomorrow today. Well, yeah. Kathleen, where can people find you if they want to see more of you or hear more of you? Oh, well, you know, I'm not as famous as, as y'all. I'm, I'm kind of just <laughs> do this, but, uh, I am, uh, a, a guest usually on Cosmic Geppetto, uh, podcast, which is a really great podcast. Brad Mendenhall and Jarf, uh, Harden are some great guys. They talk from everything from music to movies to comic books. Really nice. Go ahead and give it a listen. And then also you can find me, um, or not me, but my husband on Pele Media. He does the Jurassic Park podcast and uh, Goonies Minutes and, um, oh goodness, Ghostbusters. Yes, that one, that, that <laughs> one. Um, but me, I work for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. I work for the National Office for Corporate Engagement. And we really would love your support um, for anyone listening out there who wants to get more involved with a, a winning team. 
uh, please visit your local Cystic Fibrosis Foundation chapter. There's one in pretty much every state. They're always looking for volunteers or teammates to help with events, or if you'd be so inclined, a donation would really help. Um, it means so much to my husband and I, because our brother-in-law uh, actually has cystic fibrosis. So it's a very, it's a cause very near and dear to our hearts. So awesome. That's well, uh, Tierney. I'm going to leave it up to you to make sure those links go up on the the Neverending Minute page. Okay. Um, we'll put it on, on the page and on the uh, listener society as well. Speaking yes. of which. If you guys want There's to find us, society. yeah, you can go to Never Any Minute on Facebook and like the page. You can go to Never Any Minute Listener Society, join there, and we talk about the episodes. I also put up the minute so you can preview it before your day or look at it afterwards if you'd like to. Join us and share all you want in there. If you want to find me, I'm at the Wookie Lives on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking for the show on Twitter, you can find it at Nev and Min. That's N-E-V-E-N-D-M-I-N. You guys are going to get so sick of me spelling that for you, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's never necessary because it's such an odd little uh, turn of phrase. You're Tier- just really proud because we finally memorized True. how to say it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just like quick clap track. <laughs> I still have trouble with that one. <laughs> So we're all looking forward to what the rest of this sentence is. I'm in, I'm beside myself not knowing what he's going to say here. You guys have pumped it up so much, but that's, that's another, another story. story that shall be told another time. Awesome. <laughs> wow, something is really different on a growler. I'm keeping your bones.